0: to the building along the curve.
1: be prepared. We'll make good, sound, and mindful choices and stuff. Uh, Men's Breakfast the following week on Saturday, April 21st, starting at 9 o'clock, so uh, bring a friend along if you want to. Yeah, you're allowed to come too, Mark. Uh, There's an NMI zone rally on Wednesday, April 25th. Any questions, uh, please see Ginger; She'll fill you in on all that. And uh, I don't know if y'all read in the Tribune a few weeks ago, uh, three of the churches have started a new group called Community Unity. And they're going to have their first function on Saturday, May 5th, downtown, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And it's going to be, we need volunteers and big good donations and... uh, Meeting and greeting the community, and hopefully, it just continues to grow in God's name. And we hope the weather's better on that day, too. (coughs) Has to be outside, right, Pastor? Yeah. Let us pray. Oh God, you make us glad with the weekly remembrance of the glorious resurrection of your son our lord give us this day such blessing through our worship of you that the week to come may be spent in your favor through jesus christ our lord
2: See our piano players here.
1: i oh.
0: for you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness, Lord, and how there is so much evidence of you in your creation, Lord. We just praise you for your majesty, Lord, for how you are a God who provides a God who makes a way for us, Lord. You are the God that gives us a vision to see things when our eyes have been blinded, Lord, to hear things when our ears have been Lord. And I just pray, Lord oh God, for your Holy Spirit to reveal things to us, Lord, and that you would lead us besides the waters and calm our soul, Lord. And I think about the needs in our church, Lord, Father. I think about that Shirewood family, Lord. And I lift them up to you, Lord. I pray that you would be in the midst of their situation. Lord. We thank you for your goodness and thank you for your grace. Now, I also think about Danny and Barb, Lord, especially. I pray that you would be with Barb, that you would give her healing, Lord. Yes. Lord, that you would keep her from the spirit of discouragement, Lord. Yes. We know that you are able, Lord, Father, for nothing is too hard for you. We thank you and we praise you for that, Lord. We
2: praise you,
0: Lord. And I also think about Pam Bennett. Provider of all things. You are so mighty and powerful that nothing can get in your way. Nothing is too difficult for you. I think about the psalmist who says that you are a very present help in our times of trouble. You are with us through the storms. You are with us with the traffic. Thank you, Lord. You are with us through our health scares. You are with us Every single moment of the day, Lord. And I just pray that you would reveal your presence to us. Allow us to feel and sense your Holy Spirit. We thank you that He is our comforter, He is our God. He convicts us of our wrongdoings. Lord. We just come to you in repentance, Lord. If there's anything that we've done this past week that isn't pleasing in your sight, Lord, reveal it to us so we could. And from it and turn to you, the one true and living God. Yes, Lord. We come here as we did last week to celebrate your life, your death, and your resurrection. We come here in a celebration that, that we have victory on the cross. We have our victory in you, Lord. Your hands were pierced with nails you were beaten beyond recognition. You had your skull pierced with a crown of thorns. And you died on the cross for our sins. Make us a way to be with the Father. But the good news is that three days later, you rose from the dead. And you defeated death. Right now you sit at the right hand of the Father in glory. And your name is matched. And your ways are so beyond us. I pray that we could continue to cling to the foot of the cross, knowing that that is where our help comes from. Our help comes from you, Lord. And we praise you and we worship you here this morning, Lord. I pray that you would revive our hearts, give us a deeper passion and a zeal for the things of the kingdom of God. We thank you for all the work that you're doing and everything that you're going to do i
1: What's up? I think you're playing with me. See, here's that piano player again. She's never too.
0: tell us that your word is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, Lord, and it pierces our hearts, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we would have hearts that are open and willing to receive your word, hearts that are willing to repent, and even that you bring conviction to us upon, Lord. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your forgiveness. And I just pray that your word would just penetrate the most inner part of our beings and that it would change us from the inside out. Your word has supernatural power like that. It isn't just words on a page. No. It is the words of life and life eternal Lord. We thank you for this precious gift that you use to speak. To us. That's a love story that reveals things about us and it reveals things in us. And I pray that you used your word this morning, Lord God, and that you would work it in us, Lord God, so you can be used mildly and that we can just be overflowed with your spirit, Lord. And I pray for your outpouring, for a fresh of your anointing, Lord, Lord God, upon this place. I pray, Lord, for your manifest presence to be known here in this very hour. We thank you for everything that you've done, everything you're doing, and everything that you're going to do. And I pray this in the name, of Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, this morning we're going to be in the book of Joshua. It's near the beginning of the scriptures in the Old Testament. So if you would please turn with me there. And I just want to announce that next week is a pretty big week for our church as we'll be holding our annual elections. So I want to read some of the requirements for the church board members that you're going to be voting upon next week. And I have this back on the back table, and i see not a lot of people took a copy of that. And I just want to read some guidelines for you to think and ponder and pray upon who you would like to have God's church. Who you want to have in leadership in God's church. Because, you know, when we vote next week, it isn't a popularity contest. Amen. It isn't who's been here the longest or... Who's done the most, but it's you God wants to be in, in leadership. So we've got to, you know, pray about it, we've got to think upon it, we've got to ask and seek God's will on this, because anything outside of God's will is plainly sin. So some of the guidelines that we have is first of all that they support the vision for the church given to God by given to God to the pastor. I read that again, support vision for the church given by God to the pastor. So they have to be highly supportive of me, the pastor. And if they aren't, I want to encourage you not to vote for them. Because we're a team, we're together. Amen. Amen. You know, it's not an individual plan or anybody's individual efforts. We are a team coming together to do the will of God. And second of all they have to be faithful in general church membership responsibilities and that includes tithing and attendance of at church services and gatherings and thirdly attend and participate in board meetings for to be able to discuss and pray about the many ministries and activities within the church fifth to elect the church and treasure and church board secretary with the pastor's approval. Six, to work in cooperation with the pastor and staff to serve as leaders of the church. And seven, to advocate for and support the ministries and activities within the church. These are the seven guidelines that I would like to see for our church board members, for our church leaders. So I want to leave you with that to think about it, to pray and seek God's will on it, Like I said before, it's not the popular contest, it's who would most benefit the church by their leadership and by their walk with Christ. And our mission statement at this church is what? It's to be a church where you can belong to, be a church where you can believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's a church where you can become a fully committed disciple of His. Now... In our services, I also want to encourage you to, you know, take out your cell phones and, you know, check into Facebook and tell people that you're here and invite people to come and experience God at this church and, you know, experience the movement of His Spirit because I do believe God is moving here at Newton Falls Church in South And again, we're going to be in Joshua chapter 1 verses 10 through 11. And I want to share share with you a time where I worked at Wendy's, I was a manager there, I was a crew member there too, and there was times when I would see the managers, they would make something called a shift plan which would have like all the different stations, uh, the food service restaurant there, and they would have the grill station, they would have the fry station, they would have the back window station, but they didn't just randomly select people to put in those specific stations. They specifically selected people who they think would thrive in those positions. People who had the most skill. In that certain position. So they didn't really put somebody who was great at the grill on fries unless they needed to. And I think we tend to think God assembles a team like that. We kind of think that God assembles a team of people who have it all together. But that's just certainly not true. God chooses the meek, God chooses the humble, God chooses the lowly. He doesn't pick people who have it all together. He picks broken people like me and you to be used in his church. And he didn't choose people that the world would choose to serve in the church. He didn't pit the popular ones. He didn't pick the ones who were well known and had a specific skill set. And we tend to think that God assembles as a team just like that surely you want to shoot choose you know these people for such an incredible mission to be used to turn the world that was upside down right side up and you know what god and jesus when he assembled his team of disciples he didn't choose who he didn't choose the pharisees he didn't choose the ones who thought they were righteous the ones who had it all together he chose to love me he chose me. He chose a broken people to turn this world right side up. You see these Pharisees they've been in the temple for a while they know all the right things to say they knew all the scriptures and the Pharisee literally means what? Separated ones. In their process though of being so wrapped up in the laws and the traditions of the day and the law they not only separated themselves to the law but they also separated themselves from god in their pious notions to think that they had it all together and that they were better than anybody else who would come into the temple and they have been so wrapped up in these rules and revelations and legalisms in a certain way of doing things that they lost focus of who god was that he is a god who loves us, that He is a God who wants us to love Him with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, with our everything. And the Pharisees were trying to push people out because certain people didn't fit their agenda. They didn't fit what it looked like for them to be a Christian. They didn't fit into their rules and their regulations and into their legalism. They didn't fit, most of all, what they thought a Christian should be and what a Christian should look like. And I'm sure God was thinking, you know, who do you think you are? That you pick and choose who should come to me. Because God is available to all, not just some. He said, God so loved the world. He didn't say God so loved some. God loves everybody the same. He shows no favoritism. Amen. And he wants everybody To be in the church worshipping God. No matter if you live in the streets. Or you live in a mansion. No matter if you're old. No matter if you're young. No matter if you're fat. No matter if you're skinny. No matter if you're black. No matter if you're white. No matter if you're straight. No matter if you're gay. God wants everybody to come and worship Him. And adore Him for all He is. And God is in this business of using broken people who come to Him in true repentance and forgiveness of sins. And I found this really interesting letter online about what would happen if Jesus hired a consultant to help him select his team, his team of leaders. And this is this is just really awesome. I'm gonna read it for you here. It says, Dear sir. Thank you for submitting the resumes of the 12 men you have pit for managerial positions in your new organization. All of them have taken our battery of tests and we have not only run the results through our computer, but also arranged personal interviews for each of them with our psychologist and vocational aptitude consultant. The profiles of all of the tests are included and you will want to study each of them very carefully. As part of our service, we make some general comments for your guidance, much as an auditor would include some general statements. This is given as a result of staff consultation and comes without any additional fees. It is the staff opinion that most of your nominees are lacking in background, education, and vocational aptitude in the type of enterprise you are undertaking. They do not have the team concept. We would recommend that you continue your search for persons of experience in managerial ability and proven capability. And Simon Peter is emotional, unstable, and given to fits of temper. Andrew has absolutely no qualities of leadership at all. The two brothers, James and John, and the sons of Zibali, place personal interests above company loyalty. Thomas demonstrates a questioning attitude that would tend to undermine morale. We feel that it is our duty to tell you that Matthew has been blacklisted by the Greater Jerusalem Better Business Bureau. James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus definitely have radical leanings, and they both registered a high score on a manic depression scale. One of these candidates, however, shows great potential. He is a man of ability and resourcefulness, meets people well and has a keen business mind, and he has contacts in high places. He is highly motivated, ambitious, and responsible. We recommend your treasurer Judas Iscariot at your controller and right-hand man. All the other profiles are very self-explanatory. We wish you every success in your new venture. Sincerely yours, the Jordan Management Consultant. <laughs> now, I don't know, I thought that was pretty good. And I found that online and I think that's you no know, so true. And aren't you glad that God doesn't pick people like God well, God doesn't pick people like people pick people. He picks the one who has a will and a heart who are willing to sacrifice and give of their talents and efforts and gifts. And now we see in the Old Testament a transition of leadership from Moses to Joshua. We see how Joshua was taken on the leadership as he was inheriting this leadership role from Moses as God commissioned him to lead. His people to carry on the work of Moses who failed to lead them into the promised land. And what that tells us here is that we can learn from the mistakes, we can learn from the failures of those who have gone before us. We can learn from the mistakes of our mothers, of our fathers. We can learn from the mistakes of our grandparents, our grandmas, and grandpas. Everybody that has come before us, no matter where we're at now, we can learn. From their mistakes to rise above it by the power of Christ that is in us. And Joshua, he had this task of leading God's very own people into the promised land. And taking possession of it. By grabbing it by his arms. And it was a call to battle. It was a call to war. It was a call to fight. And we are in this spiritual warfare every single day. The flesh fights against the spirit, and the spirit fights against the flesh. Because our struggle isn't against the flesh and blood, but it's against the principalities and powers of this dark age, this dark world. Let's go ahead and read Joshua chapter 1 verses 10 and 11 and see how God calls Joshua into battle. It says, So Sir Joshua ordered the officers of the people go through the camp, and tell her people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you for your own. And I see somewhere between verses 9 and 10 from God saying, haven't I commanded you? And Joshua is saying, commanding the people. There is this change, there is this transformation in the mind and heart of Joshua, he had this timidness, he had this fear, until God spoke to him and commanded him to lead these people. Because I'm commanding you, Joshua, and it's not a, it's not a it's not something that's optional. It's something that I'm commanding you to do. So you need to do it. And there was this victory taking place. In the heart and mind of Joshua. God was making him a warrior for his very own kingdom. You know I love what Apostle Paul says in 2nd Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 and 5. He says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power To demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. We are to take every thought captive to the mind of Christ, to think like Him, and then we'll walk with Him. And then we'll just obey Him in everything we do and everything we say. And there's three things that I see Joshua teaching us about leadership in this text that we can really learn from, that can change our lives and make us a better leader in God's kingdom. And three qualities that we should look in when we vote for future leaders. First of all, a true leader of God takes action a true leader takes initiative and we see now that joshua makes a command and orders the officers of the people to go through the camp and tell the people that within three days they would be crossing the jordan to inherit the land that god had promised them he took initiative and spoke to his people about this and commanded his people to go and what is joshua teaching them here he's teaching them. Absolute and complete faith and trust in God. The God who made them. The God who formed them in their mother's womb. He didn't have a battle plan or a strategy. He simply knew that God was with him. And that was simply enough for him. Knowing that God is with him every step of the way. And I believe that God has a man that he wants all of us Maybe it's the land of our marriage. Maybe it's the land of our finances. Maybe it's the land of our health. God wants us to inherit the land and to trust in Him and have faith in Him completely, not just partially. Because God is bigger than all our doubts. God is bigger than all our worries. God is bigger than all our health scares, all our bills. God will provide, God will make a way when there seems like there is no way out or no way in. Whatever it is, something that we struggle with inherently, in, because sometimes we just struggle with obeying God's word in that area. We struggle with obeying God's word in that area of money, in the area of marriage, in that area of just trusting Him completely, no matter what the circumstance looks like and i think it could be something as easy as you know obeying god in the thoughts that come inside our head and you know rebuking the thoughts that aren't of god and binding our mind to the very mind of christ that we could think and we could act and we could walk by faith and not by sight so a leader takes initiative the leader takes the first step. The leader sees and walks by faith, not by sight. Not what they know yes, is sir. true, but what they know God is leading them to. And I think a leader, he, a true leader, biblical leader of God, also takes risks. They don't play it safe. Joshua had no grand army or infantry. He was on the first days of his job. He could have took it easy, but he believed that what God said to him was true. He believed God by faith. And that's what faith is, simply believing what God says to be true. And nobody but God told him that he needed to do this. So he took initiative to act upon God's word, to act upon what God was saying to him, what God was commanding him to do. And we didn't know how it would turn out. He didn't know how it would turn out. But he simply knew that God would be with him. He would walk with him. And he would take care of him. And no matter what the circumstances were. That he would still have God. Because sadly in this life. you know, We have family who walk away from us. We have friends who leave us. But the one constant that remains. Is gone. He will never leave us nor forsake us. God is always with us, and he will never abandon us. And Joshua knew that God was with him in this battle as he was leading people to trust in the Lord. Even though he didn't really know what would happen next. He put his complete faith in him and he just trusted and walked by faith and clung to the hope that he had in the Lord. And I think too many times we just have this thought process in our head that we need to know what's next. We need to know what's coming. We need to know when and how and why God is going to do something instead of just trusting Him and believing Him at His Word. To really walk by faith means to live in Him. As the book of Hebrews Defines what faith is. And our faith is a confidence in what we hope for. The assurance of what we do not see. Yes, we all have these battles that lay in our head. That kind of try to direct us and lead us. Sometimes those thoughts are contrary to the word of God. They're contrary to the will of God. We need to just bind our minds to Christ and receive the word that He wants us to have. And to have discernment whether it is God speaking to us or not. And one of the best ways to discern whether God is speaking to us is does it line up with God's word? You know, I've heard so many people, you know, they would get up there and preach and teach. And they would be like, after a you've just sense and feel the Holy Spirit there. I would just be like, no, not really. Because that's a very dangerous thing to believe that God's presence was in the midst when He really wasn't. Amen. So yeah. everything we Made teach, man. everything we preach, everything we share with our brothers and sisters has to line up with God's. Holy Word. Amen, amen,
2: amen.
0: And the best way to know if the truth lines up with Scripture and if the teacher or preacher lines up with the will of God is to look at their life. Are they living a Christ-like attitude, a Christ-like life? Are they walking with the Word Truly. we always just have to keep our eye out for that. And we always have to teach ourselves before we teach others the word. Amen, Because I love what John Maxwell says. He has the law of the lid. You can't lead people past where you are led. Meaning if you are teaching and gleaming and spinning Time and devotions and then his word and his prayer in yourself, then you can't lead others past where you are led. When we all have these battles that lay in our head, we like Joshua, we can have faith and confidence in God who knows all, who sees all, and has a perfect plan for all of us individually. And we need more leaders who would be risk takers, live by faith and take initiative, who will take action, who will follow Christ's commands no matter what the cost is. We have let the gospel become something of comfort instead of conviction, in relativism instead of true biblical repentance, of turning from our sin and turning to God. A leader will take action, a leader will take initiative, a leader will take action risk for the kingdom of God. Even if it looks crazy and absurd. And look at Noah. Everybody thought he was crazy. But what did he do? He was obedient to what God had called him to do. He didn't trust in the wisdom of man, but he trusted in the wisdom of his Savior. Of God Almighty Himself who created the earth and the heavens. He didn't trust in God's way, but he trusted in Jehovah's way. And the third thing that I noticed a leader would do is a leader would make preparations. We should see Joshua making preparations for the officers to tell the people to get their provisions ready. To get ready for war. To get ready for battle. You see a leader always comes prepared. A leader always makes the proper steps to come prepared and is always sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit in his leading. We see that the fruit here that is gathered and which was taken as borrows of their conquest through the wilderness, and the manna was still available, but it could not be kept overnight without its spoiling or going rotten becoming no good. They would march on moving from Shitton to the banks of the Jordan, which was about 8 miles from where they were. But because of the number of people and all that was involved, everybody would not be able to gather all the men that they needed for their trips. And the people needed to be prepared, knowing what they were going to, knowing what kind of battle they were going to, knowing what kind of war they would be entering. So they could be well-worsed and well-fed. So they can drink from the fountain of life and take the bread of life that we find in Jesus Christ our Lord. So when they entered in battle, they amped it up. They amped up what they were eating. They amped up what they were drinking. And likewise, we need to be nourished by the Word. The very Word of God. We need to be nourished by the water and the springs of life that God gives us through Word and prayer and fellowship and fasting. Because if we just come here on Wednesdays and Sundays to get fed by the Word of God, we're going to starve during the week. It's not going to be enough. We need to have this well-balanced diet of feeding ourselves the Word and spending time in prayer to have that true and that sweet fellowship with the Lord. Because if we don't, and the battle comes on a weekday, it's going to defeat us. We're going to get so depressed and discouraged because we haven't filled ourselves with the Word of God in having our prayer time With the Lord on a consistent basis. Now think a godly leader is someone called by God. Who takes action. Who takes risks. But is also well prepared. And add all these up. And you get somebody like Joshua, Somebody who's full of courage. Somebody who's full of faith. Not somebody who's full of doubt or insecurity. But a leader who is a true leader of God. Who will lead God's people to the promised land. That he wants them to enter. And I believe God wants this church to enter a promised land. He wants us to enter into a revival of his spirit. And his anointing within this body of Christ. We're going to play this song in a few seconds here. And I want to encourage I wanna encourage everybody anybody, everybody who wants that type of leadership that Joshua displays in himself. If you want that type of leadership in you, I want to encourage everybody to come forward and sit in the first couple rows of the pews, and you know if you're physically able to kneel down at the altar. And I definitely want all our church members or church board members to do that because they are the leaders of this church. We should lead by example in that way. Go ahead and play that song, Mark.
2: We will make it be courageous.
0: Lord God, we thank you for your anointing, enorm- we thank you for your presence, Lord God. And give us the courage, give us the strength, Lord God. Help us to not have a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that we can declare and decree your victory. And I pray that we can bind our minds to the very mind of Christ, our God. Not for one who is sick and tired of letting Satan have his way. And we rebuke him in Jesus' name, knowing that our victory comes from the Lord. And our house shall be called a house of prayer. In this house shall serve the Lord. We made that proclamation here this morning. That the times of the enemy bullying us, tearing us down, it ends now. We receive your truth. We receive your word here this morning, and I pray, Lord Father, that you would rise up an army to battle on the front lines of your kingdom, Lord. And that you would touch us with your anointing power for us to do just that. We love you and we praise you. We magnify your holy name. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good
2: message,
0: Pastor